God sees behind your mask. And I thought about that that year. Like every person that comes through that's wearing a mask or wearing a costume and comes down St. Charles Street, that's what they're going to see. God sees behind your mask. And so if, you, if you've ever been to Mardi Gras, you kind of know what, what I'm talking about. People come from all over you know, the country. They come there and they just take on a different persona for a few days and they get themselves in a lot of trouble. That's what uh, many of them do. But, but it's all under this, this idea that you can wear a mask. And if, if you've tried to do that in your life, you've tried to wear a mask, you know after a while it just wears you out. Wearing a mask wears you out. And what we're going to talk about today kind of deals with that because it's a, wearing a mask is, is what it means to, to be hypocritical. It means to put on a mask and try to convince people of something that's not genuine, that's not real. Now, I'm not one of those pastors that believes you should go around and tell everything that crosses your mind. Like, I, you shouldn't do that. You know, you, you don't have to tell us everything you think. You don't have to tell us all everything you feel. That level of honesty, you know, some things you should keep to yourself, right? So I do believe that. However, there should be a genuineness in, in what we do. There should be, now, and, and y'all know how I do this. Like, you come in church, I never say to you, how are you doing? Y'all notice that, right? Because I learned. <laughs> I learned. You, people come in, hey, how you doing? They might tell you. They might tell you how they're doing. And, and while I'm all for that at certain times, when you're coming in here at, at 10 minutes till service time, that's not the time. I, got, I love you and I, I care and we might need to talk, but with eight minutes to go or the countdown started, we're not going to have a chance to do it right now. So I just learned, like I just don't say, how are you doing? So what I'm trying to tell you is if I'm with you somewhere and I ask you how you're doing, I did that on purpose. It's not just a figure of speech to me. I just don't throw it out there, you know, how are you doing? Uh, because, again, that's what happens to people. People will take off their mask and sometimes tell you. But being a hypocrite or being hypocritical, which is the kind of thing we're going to talk about today, that at its heart is wearing a mask. Now, we've been walking through this series. We're, we're, four, we're going to do four weeks of these. And this is week three. And when we finish next week, uh, just to let you know, we'll move forward and we'll start looking at kinds of things it means to be a follower of Jesus in a local church. So we're going to talk about really what it means to be a, a new member of a church. So we'll do that after we finish this series. But we started a few weeks ago just thinking about what would Jesus undo? What kinds of things would Jesus undo in our lives? There's so much that Jesus does in our lives and for us, but what would he undo? And one of the first things that we looked at was indifference, that Jesus would undo kind of a spiritual apathy and indifference in our lives. And we looked at the church in Revelation, the Laodicean church, and Jesus says, you're not for me, you're not really against me, you're not hot, you're not cold, you're kind of lukewarm, and I want to spit you out of my mouth, which is another way of saying you just make me sick. That doesn't sound very nice, right? No, Jesus wouldn't say that. He said it. It's in Revelation 3. All you got to do is read it. It's there. So Jesus said, this makes me sick, this kind of indifference. And so we're just walking through that. And then this week we're going to talk about hypocrisy. And next week we're going to talk about pride. These are the kinds of things Jesus would undo in our lives. Now, if he undoes something, if, he, if he's going to undo it, it's because he wants something better in its place. 
And so today, if you've struggled in any way with this idea of wearing a mask or what we call hypocrisy, if you've struggled in any way with that, just know this is something that Jesus despises. It's, it's not He doesn't despise you. He despised the show. He despised the mask. He wants to undo that and he wants to replace it with something better. And he gave some of the hardest words that you'll ever read from Jesus on this topic. And so I'm going to read today from Matthew chapter 23. I'm going to read verses 25 through 33. And so if you've got a Bible and you want to follow along with me, please do. Uh, otherwise, just listen to these words. This is a chapter that has something known as seven woes. So Jesus said, woe you, woe you Pharisees, scribes, hypocrites. And he just walked through these. And some of these are in verses 25 through 33. So, so just hear what Jesus says. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside, full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, so that the outside of it may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs. He calls them graves. Which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside full of dead men's bones and uncleanliness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous. And you say, if we had been living in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partners with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. And so you testify against yourselves that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of the guilt of your fathers. Listen to verse 33. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how will you escape the sentence of hell. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you that you love us. And we thank you for grace. And we thank you for an unending supply of grace. There's no doubt in my mind when I read the words of Jesus that you hate hypocrisy. And listening to these words of Jesus, just they just strike us, Lord, as, as something that, that's supposed to shake us, that's supposed to get our attention. Today, as we think about this topic for the next few moments, Lord, help us to see ourselves. Help us not to look at anybody else or think about other people. Help us to think of ourselves. Lord, show us what you would undo in our lives mm -hmm. to make us more of what you want us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, please don't point at anybody, but are you sitting next to a hypocrite? I'm going to give you the answer, yes. <laughs> you know, there's a sense in which all of us are hypocritical. So I want to, as, as, as harsh as these words are of Jesus and as tough as it is to listen to that, I want to kind of, I'm not going to say, well, if everybody does it, we're all off the hook. But, but there's some measure of hypocrisy that all of us experience, that all of us have to some degree. Now, I try to say that because the number one complaint that I've heard as a pastor, and nearly every pastor you talk to will tell you the same thing. The number one complaint that people that are, are either non-Christian or they don't go to church, they'll tell you, I don't really like that place or those people. It's full of hypocrites. You've heard this too, right? Okay, they came to you. You know them. They're full of hypocrites. And, and kind of the running joke from pastors is like, yeah, we can take one more. Yeah, we, we can bring one more. Like we, here, here's one of the differences, though. And, and this is the way, you know, I want us to be as a church. 
We just, we just need to acknowledge. We, we, there's, there are things you might see in our lives that look hypocritical, and we know it, and we acknowledge it, and we ask God to forgive us for it, and we ask God to help us with it, and, and we don't want to stay that way. Like we, However we are today, we don't want to be this way next week. We don't want to be this way next year. If you meet me in 10 years, I want to be better. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be less hypocritical. I mean, that's what, that's what we do. That's what we should do. And it's just too easy to walk away from God's people and to walk away from the church and then point back and say the hypocrites are over there. Because when you point back, right? You're still pointing to yourself, right? We do that. But that, that's how it works when you start thinking about hypocrisy. And so there's a quote that I read years ago from a guy named Brennan Manning. And if you don't know anything about Brennan, uh, he's, he's in heaven now, but, but read some of his books. Okay, Brennan Manning. Here's the reason I started reading so much from him, because in his testimony, he's not one of those guys that, you know, he was an alcoholic, and then he came to know the Lord, and then his life got cleaned up. and all. No, no, he, was, he knew the Lord, then he became an alcoholic. So he lived for years with that, with kind of this hidden thing going on that people didn't know about and his struggles, you know, with alcohol and, and just kind of hiding that from everybody. And he went on for years that way before, you know, he, he, he finally opened up and got honest with God and honest with the people that loved him. And, and, you know, people need to hear that kind of testimony, too. They don't need to hear just the testimony of my life was all messed up and then I met Jesus and everything's been great since then. That's a great testimony, by the way. I love to hear those. But I also like to hear the testimonies from people that say, I know the Lord, I was walking with the Lord, and I got off track. And I got off track bad. But then the Lord brought me back. That's grace. That's the goodness of God. And, and so this is what Brennan wrote. Again, knowing that about him, this is what he said. The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Branning, Brandon Manning had lived that. He had gone to church. He had said the right things. He had the history that people knew about him, but then the other people that knew him that knew the things that he was hiding, knew that he denied by his lifestyle and the choices he was making, the very things that he professed. That's what he went through. That's hypocrisy. So let me just kind of define what hypocrisy is not. Okay, let me, if you've write notes, let me just give you this. This is what hypocrisy is not. It is not the gap between what we do and what we wish we did. That's not hypocrisy. Okay. All of us live with that. Every one of us has this kind of a, it's, maybe you call it a confusion, a disparity. Um, when I worked in mental health, they called it cognitive um, dissonance. Yeah, and it's that, it's that difference between, between what I'm doing and what I wish I did. Okay? Just, there's a gap there. That's not hypocrisy. Okay? That's just you dealing with, you know, I, I know there's a higher standard, that God has a standard. Well, God's standard's perfect. So if God's standard's perfect, and I know something about that from His Word, then I'm always going to come up with something less than that if I'm honest about my life. And so I'm just, let's just use the word. I struggle with my own sins, right? So sin is what we're talking about there between what I do and what I should do or what I do or what I wish I did. Let me say a couple things to kind of just put it out there. And, and, and you'll, you'll probably right there with me. Don't we all wish we didn't have bad thoughts? Don't we all wish you didn't think mean things about people? Don't we all wish that we didn't want to kill somebody? Don't we all wish that we didn't think about what we'd say to them if we had the chance? You know, don't we all wish that? 
You know, don't we all have that part? And, and for some of you, you know, myself included here, don't we all wish we didn't tell things that weren't exactly true sometimes? Right? That's what happened. We, we have a word for that. What's it called? It's called what? That's so nice. It's a lie. She said fib down front. It's a lie, right? So if you say something that's not like the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, somebody can accuse you and say, well, that was a lie. And there's not one person in this room is not guilty of it at some point. Okay? So that's not hypocrisy. That's just sin. You know, that's just we just didn't come up with what we should have done. That's just not living up to the standard that we should have had. Okay, that's what that is. So that's not hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is different. Hypocrisy is the gap between what you show and who you actually are. It's not the difference between what you're doing and what you wish you should do. It's the gap between what you're trying to convince the rest of the world about versus who you actually are. That's the difference. So God... What Jesus is doing here in this passage, what we just read, these very difficult words, He's not so much condemning them for the sin, He's condemning them for the show. They're putting on the show. He's saying, look, you're just like a tomb. You know, it's clean on the outside, but inside it's death. You're putting on a show that everything's clean and good and fine, but inside it's the exact opposite. That's what He's condemning. That's the hypocrisy. And how do you get there? You get there from just... A lack of honesty. I've had just great joy in my life working with people who, um, who struggled with substance abuse. Just different kinds. You know, alcohol, marijuana, other drugs. Those are the two big ones. But I've just had so much joy in my life watching people change, you know, and come out of that. And, and, and I can tell you two things about it. One, I've never seen anybody get clean and stay clean without the spiritual component. I've never seen anybody, I've seen people get clean for a little while, but I've never seen anybody get clean and stay clean without the spiritual component, without acknowledging I need help outside of myself. I need God's help. Okay, So that's the first thing I'd say about it. Number two, I've never seen anybody get clean and stay clean without also getting honest. They have to take off their mask. I've seen lots of people. I mean, I used to teach these drug classes, and it was, it was just hilarious, you know, because night one, you know, of the class, you go around the room, everybody gets to tell why they are there, okay? So there are always the people that are proud of it. Well, you know, I do this, and I do, and they just tell you all the bad stuff they do, and they're, it's like they're proud of what they do, and here they are, they've been arrested, they're in the court system, and thus they're in my class, so, but they're still proud of it. And then there are other people that it's always somebody else's fault. Well, they turn me in. Or I got stopped for something that was bogus and they found this in my car, yes, in my pocket, and I got arrested. And so they just go, go through that. And then there are other people that will just tell you, you know, I'm here, but I don't have a problem. That's what they'll tell you. I don't have a problem. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, you got arrested, you lost your job, you're in the court system, and you're in this class for all these weeks, but you don't have a problem, right? No, I don't have a problem. You have the problem. They turn it around on you is what they do. So if you've ever been around people like that, I mean, they, they've got problems, but they're absolutely in denial about it. You're the problem, not them, and they just work it in any way that they can outside of them. And if, if they're ever going to get clean and stay clean, the first thing that's got to happen is they've got to get honest. And that's how it works with any kind of hypocrisy, is you just have to be honest. You don't... You don't have to fix everything. You don't have to become perfect. Nobody is. You just have to be honest about where you are and what you're dealing with. That's where you start. If there's anything in all of the Gospels that Jesus spoke strongly about, it was hypocrisy. And again, the word itself means to put on a mask. So we've all had our mask, 
And what I'm saying to you today is, you know, don't think about other people. Just think about yourself. You may have the mask in your hand. You may have it on. You may have laid yours down lately. But if you've been using one recently, today's a really good day to put away the mask. That's what we're thinking about this morning. Now, let me read that scripture one more time. This is verse 27 where Jesus says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, hypocrites. Now, if, if Jesus had been in my preaching class, they would have told him not to do that. Like, you don't call your listeners hypocrites. Right? You don't look at them and go, hey, you, 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 hypocrites. You know, that's not what you tell your audience. But that's exactly what Jesus did. And notice, he did that to the very people that were the most respected. You know, the teachers of the Scripture. The Pharisees who were the leaders in the synagogues. The scribes who were so involved in copying the, copying the Word of God and were just looked up to by everyone. Jesus named them. He called them out. And He said, you guys are hypocrites because your life doesn't come close to matching the things that you teach. He says, you're whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but inside you're full of the bones of the dead. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And then verse 33 again, he calls them snakes, he calls them vipers, and then he asks that question that hurts. How will you, how will you escape being condemned to hell? So when you want to think about hypocrisy, whether you want to call it denial or whatever you want to call it, the real danger for it, the greatest danger for it, is to try to convince everyone else that everything's okay. And if you try to convince everyone else that everything's okay long enough, you start to convince yourself everything's okay. And Jesus says there's a real danger out there for thinking everything's okay. How can you escape hell? So you've got to be honest. That's the danger of hypocrisy. That's why it's such a big thing. Have y'all ever seen those? Uh, I saw it on socks and t-shirts and things like that. But that little saying that says, uh, I love Jesus, but I cuss sometimes. I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. First time I ever saw that, I just laughed. you know, And I just laughed because I thought there's a little element of honesty there. Just a little element of honesty there. And that's what we want people to do. I, I'm, not, I'm not, like I'm your pastor, and I love you, and I want to get to know you, and I'd like for you to get to know me. Okay, but I don't need you to try to convince me that you're the greatest person in the world. I just don't need that. And I don't need you to believe about me that I'm the greatest person in the world. Let me tell you what will happen. If you put me way up here on a pedestal, I will let you down. And those of you who know me you know, since I've been in St. John's County, you know I've said that before. Please don't put your pastor on a pedestal. Please don't do that. Okay. I won't do that to you, and I'm asking you not to do that to me. We're all people. We all struggle. We all are trying our best to follow Christ. We want to honor Him. But you're going to do things that you shouldn't do sometimes. I'm in the same boat because we're all people. It's, it's not that those things will never happen. They will happen. What makes it different in the church is how we go forward after that. It's how we forgive one another. It's how we extend grace to one another. It's how we receive grace from one another. And then it's how we continue to follow the Lord. We are supposed to be people of grace. You know what I want for our, for our church? I want every person that walks in the door. Right now, pretty much everybody comes through that door. Okay? I want everybody that walks in that door before they leave here to have some thought or some feeling that they are loved. 
and that they are accepted. It doesn't matter where you come from. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter what you're struggling with today. When you come in here, we represent Jesus Christ, and He loves you. He doesn't love like a better version of you. He loves the you that's here today. That's the you He loves. And if you got a mask and you're trying to convince us, hey, it's all good, everything's fine, look, we're okay if you want to throw your mask away. There's a trash can real close to the door. You know, just, just chunk your mask in there. If you want to say, look, um, I know you don't want to talk about this, Pastor. I heard what you said a moment ago, but I got some problems. It's all right. Didn't you see that in the video earlier today? It's all right. It's okay. You don't have to be okay all the time. And when we take down those masks, there's a kind of honesty and genuineness that comes with our life. All right, let me do hope for the hypocrite. I wrote four things down this week that I want to share with you, and I think I got time to share them. I do. Four things. Number one, it's better to be an honest sinner than a lying hypocrite. It's better to be an honest sinner than a lying hypocrite. I mean, you, you are so much better off just coming out and saying, look, this is my problem, this is what I'm struggling with, would you guys help me, would you pray for me? That is so much better than trying to walk around with a mask all the time and say, no, no, I'm good. It is better to be an honest sinner than a lying hypocrite. I'm just going to pick on us because we're church people, okay? We talk about grace, and we preach grace, and we tell people we're all about grace, but sometimes we just pick everybody else apart. Don't we do that? That's not grace at all, right? Like we, we say, you know, God loves us and He forgives our sin and we're going to accept you in Jesus Christ. And we talk about this gracious stuff and then when we get away from that setting, we start picking people apart. Did you hear? Did you know? Did you see? And we just start picking people apart. That's not grace. And it's so much better just to be honest about what we're doing than to try to do something else. How about this? We all know that we shouldn't put too much care into what other people think. Okay? We all know that. Because what, what happens when you put a lot of emphasis on what other people think? When you do that, you take a power and give it to somebody else who doesn't care about you. That's what you do. And so we all know that we shouldn't think too much, we shouldn't care too much about what people think, and yet we show up and we try to convince people that everything's okay. That's saying, well, I really do care what you think. It, it, changes, it changes what we buy. It changes how we dress. It changes how we talk. Have you ever noticed people that they talk one way with one group and another way with another? Same thing. It's, they're doing the same thing. I care about what these people think, so I'm going to match the crowd. I'm going to wear the mask that fits. When it comes to spiritual things, that's a dangerous thing. And then, you know, for you, for you people like me that are getting older, <laughs> you know, we know what the Scripture says. Don't love the world. All that's in the world is not of the Father. It's of the world. Don't love the world. And yet, we put a lot of our emotional safety in the things of this world. If the bank account's going up, we feel better. If the bank account goes down, we don't feel safe. But do we trust the Lord or not? See what I mean? Are we counting on the things of this world or not? And that's the kind of hypocrisy that we have to deal with in ourselves from time to time. All right, so that's number one. It's better to be an honest sinner than a lying hypocrite. Number two, you are only as strong as you are honest. And I know I talked about honesty a moment ago, but, but that's just the truth. When it comes to 
your, your ability to follow Jesus, okay? You want to follow him, you want to be a Christian. You're only as strong as you are honest. Because he already knows everything, right? Does that disturb you? Like Jesus knows everything about you. He knows what you're thinking right now. Like if you're sitting over there going, I can't wait for him to quit so we can go have lunch. I missed breakfast this morning. Could you just hurry up? You know, Jesus knows that. And I'm just guessing. I don't know if anybody's thinking that. But Jesus knows everything. Like he, he knows what you dream about at night. He knows what you say to people. He knows those things you wish you had said to people. He knows it all. Okay? He knows it all. So again, makes you think about it. You're only as strong as you are honest. One of, uh, I talk about these blessings, and, you know, I just, I know I have a blessed life. I know that. And serving as a pastor and getting to know people in the way that I do is, is just, it's one of the great joys of my life. And, and one of the things that I enjoy so much is just sitting down with people, and they just get honest. They get honest with God, and they talk with me, and it's just one of the greatest blessings. And so I, I want to say to you today, if, you, if, you, if, if, if honesty is a scale of 1 to 10 and you're like a 2 right now, you know, if that's you, I just want to encourage you to move forward. You know, get to a 5, get to an 8, get to a 9, you know, work your way through that. Again, you don't have to tell us, all of us out here, everything you know or every thought that crosses your mind or everything you feel like doing. That's not what I mean about honest. I just mean don't try to convince God, yourself, or anybody else things about you that just are not true. If you have to just be silent, be silent. If you say, I can't talk to you about this, just don't talk to them about this. But just, just be honest before God, yourself, and others. And if you'll do that, you'll get spiritually stronger. Let me give you the third one. You have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. When it comes to hypocrisy, hypocrisy thrives when you try to hide. Because you're trying to hide something. You're trying to hide it from God, or you're trying to hide it from yourself, or you're trying to hide it from other people. I mean, that, that's what's at the heart of hypocrisy, is this, this thing about hiding. And, and so with hiding comes fear, right? Remember, did I ever tell you all the story about borrowing my grandmother's um, shovel and hoe? You remember that story? I took that thing down to the woods and, you know, doing like 12-year-old boy stuff. Which, by the way, if you see 12-year-old boys with tools going to the woods, bad things are about to happen. <laughs> something's going to die. You know, a plant or tree, person, something's going to happen. It's going to be bad. So I borrowed these tools and I, I get down there and I won't tell you all the stuff my cousin and I were doing. But I broke the hoe. I broke it. And uh, I just somehow hatched this idea in my mind. Maybe she will never know. I'll just leave this thing in the woods and my grandmother will never know. I, all of a sudden, 12-year-old me had something to hide. I had something to hide. And I go back up to the house, you know, and after a while my grandmother's like, son, have you seen the hoe? Yes, I have. Can you go get it? Yes, all the pieces of it. I can go get and, then, and so, I, you know, and I go slow me all the way back to the woods to retrieve the pieces of the hoe. And I'm just thinking to myself, how, what, you know, I'm about to die. That's because that's what I was thinking for my grandmother. And, uh, and so I just stayed down there. Like, I didn't come back. That was my new plan. I'll live here forever. I'll never have to face my grandmother. That's what it does. 
that's what it does to you when you try to hide things. Like you, you got something secret. And all of you are laughing at me, okay? But with 12-year-old me, this was serious, you know? I mean, it was, it was life or death to me. You, I did not want to let my grandmother down. And I looked through the trees, and I'm telling you, that woman was coming down there to the woods. She was coming to find me, okay? So at that point, you got nothing else to hide. I got the pieces. I'm walking out to see my grandmother. And my grandmother did two things. One, she put her arm around me, and then she said something I'll never forget. She just said, son, don't you know I always love you? For 12-year-old me, I was like, ah, I'm going to live. <laughs> I'm going to live. <laughs> ah, so can you tell I love my grandmother? I love my grandmother. She's in heaven now. I won't see her again until I get there, but I love that woman. She helped me understand what unconditional love is all about unconditional love and and while I'm looking at your faces let me just say take that and share it with somebody you know take those important people in your life especially those younger little people in your life and just there'll be moments they'll break their own hoe or whatever they'll do something and it'll be your moment to demonstrate unconditional love to them and and, and you'll change their life so I just encourage you to do it and, and I got on all of that because we're thinking about when you have nothing you have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide Love always casts out fear. The Scripture teaches us that. And when people know that you really love them, they don't have to hide things from you if you really love them. If you've got a kid in your life, a child or a grandchild, and they're always hiding things from you, they are not convinced you love them. Not 100%. Like, they don't want to let you down. Like, they, if you ask them, do you know I love you? They'll tell you yes. But in their heart of hearts, they want to hide because they, they they're not convinced that your love is greater than, you know, your disappointment in them. And they're still trying to hide things. So if you've got key people in your life and they're trying to hide things from you, that's why. They're not convinced that your love is greater than all that other stuff like disappointment. And it's such a better way to live. You, know, you don't have to be afraid when you have nothing to hide. Now, think about that in terms of God. Once you are absolutely convinced that Jesus loves you no matter what, it gets a whole lot easier just to be honest with Him. And you, you can pray. like you, you can start praying by just you and God, not nobody else around. And you can just tell Him your stuff. You can tell Him what's going on. You can tell Him what's happening. You can tell Him your struggles. You can be that honest with Him. You, when you're angry, you're angry. Look, He can take it. If you're mad, tell Him. If you're upset, tell Him. If you're brokenhearted, just get that out and talk to Jesus. He can handle it. And once you're convinced that He really loves you, you can do those things. Because you have nothing to fear. And you have nothing to hide. Let me give you the last one. This is number four on my list for those of you taking the notes. This one's a long one, okay? It's two lines. Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy, but He has unlimited grace for sinners in need of forgiveness. i say that again. Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy. Some of the hardest words He ever said about anything had to do with hypocrisy. But He has unlimited grace for sinners in need of forgiveness. And if you hear that and you'll take that to heart, what that should do for you is if you're wearing a mask, take it off. If you're holding a mask, throw it down because you don't need it. You do not need it because His forgiveness is unlimited. Let me give you a challenge, and, and I'm going to read a scripture again that I read to start this service. This is Psalm 139, last two verses. Search me, O God, know my heart, 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's a kind of prayer that is unique. It's a kind of prayer where you look to God and you say, God, I know you already know everything, but I need you to search my heart and help me understand me. That's a, that's a unique kind of prayer. Search me, God. Show me who I am. We like to think we know who we are, right? But the truth is we need God to search us and show us who we are because He knows our heart. I want to close with this. We don't close this gap with perfection. I hope I've communicated that today. We don't close this gap between what we show people and, and, and you know, what we really are, that hypocrisy gap. We don't close that by being perfect people. We close that gap with Christ. And I don't know if that, if that sticks for you, so I just want to kind of explain it for a moment. You close the hypocrisy gap not by having better behavior, but by knowing Him. That's, that's the difference. What makes me stand before God or what makes you stand before God and not be a hypocrite? Well, it's not your behavior. It is your Christ. He's the one. And so when you struggle with these things, you just take it to Him. You spend time with Him. You throw yourself at His mercy because you don't close that gap. You don't get rid of that gap by having better behavior. Better behavior will take care of itself because you close the gap with Christ. Last one. This is the last thing I was thinking of for this week. Jesus was once walking along toward Jerusalem and He saw a fig tree. And He went over to the fig tree and He looked for something to eat, for the fruit. It had no fruit on it, so He cursed the tree. And the next day, the disciples came by. The tree was dying. You know, it was like somebody poisoned this thing. It was just dying. And they were amazed by it. And Jesus was teaching a very important lesson that... You know, the tree had all the leaves and all the promise of the fruit, but it didn't have the fruit. And he cursed it. There's a lesson in there for us about hypocrisy. Because hypocrisy is, hey, I'm showing all the promise. I'm showing all the leaves, all the green, all the things that say there should be something here. But if you look close, it's not here. That's hypocrisy. And that's what we take to Christ today. So in just a moment, this is what we'll do. We'll stand together, I'll lead us in a prayer, and I want you to have a few moments to talk to God. And you can just pray right where you are, just close your eyes, just talk to God about these things. If you want someone to pray with you, I always stand down front, I'll be glad to pray with you. Okay, But this is your time to respond to God. So Shirley's going to come and play, let's stand together and pray. Father in heaven, thank you again for grace to cover all of our sin. And God, every one of us in this room, we come before you. We are sinners. We have done uh, so many things that are not right. And we know that Jesus Christ paid the price on his cross for our sin. And God, there, there may be people today just really struggling with this idea of wearing a mask and putting on a show and trying to convince people of other things. And we just want to come clean. We just want to be honest before you. And God, I know we don't have to say things to each other today we just need to say it to you and so lord we give you this time and i pray in these next few moments that people will do business with you in jesus name amen, amen.